All right, what's up, listeners? Welcome back to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I'm Aiden. And I am Groot. This is a podcast where we discuss... Nice. Where we usually... Yeah. And this is a podcast where we usually discuss and review the latest movie releases. But this week, we're actually going to be doing a throwback episode while yeah. uh, we take some time off. So we're going to be discussing not the Guardians of the Galaxy film releasing this year, but the one... That started it all from 2014, Guardians of the Galaxy, the OG. Uh, we're going to start off with our uh, just kind of reviews of the film, and then we're going to go into a deeper discussion of the film, and then finally we're going to ask the most important question. Would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? Uh, so we have some movie information uh, that sure is going to read as he It's so to weird do. to do this so soon. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, so the movie was directed by James Gunn. It was written by James Gunn and Nicole Perlman. Uh, it stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Lee Pace, Michael Rooker, Karen Gillan, Jaiman Honsu, sorry, I don't know, I didn't look up that name, John C. Riley, Glenn Close, Benicio Del Toro. I forgot to look it up, shit. You forgot to look uh, it up. DOP Ben Davis. Uh, music is by Tyler Bates. It was released August 1st, 2014. The runtime is two hours and two minutes. It had a budget of $232.3 million and a box office of $773.3 million. Well done. That means it was profitable. It made um, money. And as we usually do, we have a game. Uh, it's called Predacritic. And basically, there's a website called Metacritic where critics' scores of a movie are tabulated out of 100. If it gets 60 or above, it's green. If it's 80 or above, it's must-see. If it's uh, like 60 to 45, it's yellow. And if it's below that, it's red. We are going to guess where Guardians of the Galaxy lands in that metric. I am going first. I spun the wheel already. Um, yeah. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is good. It's definitely not going to get the must-see label. That's reserved for like the high arts. But I, I do think it's a very good film so i think it will land nicely in the 70s um but i'm gonna guess probably lower on that metric well i'm gonna you know what? i'm gonna split it i'm gonna go with 75 that's my guess uh you took my guess. next i was gonna go with 75. well yeah, i'm also right around there next up is aiden yeah, so I'm definitely hovering in the same area. Uh, I, I agree with your reasoning. I like this movie, but it's not going to get like super, super high. Um, I'm going to go 74. Mm, interesting. <laughs> and Peter, where are you going to go? Dude, you're not letting me play the game. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I didn't give you the option. No you have to choose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is great because it's either oh. it's either like oh you saved me you saved me Let's oh wait go. what what did you say you said seventy three no you're safe either way though you know what I mean no I, if, it's I, I if you guess seventy six and it's seventy seven I lose oh yeah either way but either way one me. of us is safe but you saved Aiden instead of me so it's yeah. you guess seventy three seventy four seventy five great okay this one will take a second for me to find because I didn't have the one set up my bad. Oh man, I oh, that tricked me so bad. Uh, I, I I looked it up, and the first one that came up was the video game, which yeah. did very well. Apparently, it got an eighty. I was like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Yeah. Okay, okay, I I uh, I agree with Metacritic. I also got spoiled for next week, so I will not be participating if I remember. Oh. That. but 
Um, it has a 76. Okay, nice. Yeah. So so I win. Hooray. Right but there. also, like, solid. No, I, I think that's a good score for this one. Um, so uh, as the winner, I get to give my reaction first. So this movie means a lot to me personally. Uh, we'll have a point about uh, personal impact a bit later, but... This movie like really changed my personality, I think, um, and was like like really spoke to me. Uh, someone recently asked me to do like a top ten of my favorite films, and I'm I think there's two different types of people, uh, like the kind of responses they give when someone asks them that question. They might say what are their like what they think are the best films of all time, and then there are people who give their like comfort films, the ones that they like revisiting and the ones that make them feel the best and i am actually despite being like a self-described cinephile i fall into the latter camp i say my favorite movies are the ones that make me feel great that i have like nostalgic um connection to so guardians of the galaxy actually did make it onto my top 10 favorite films list uh just kind of yeah so so this this film means a lot to me and i've seen it a couple times and yeah, I still I still love it. So I think the characters are super strong and very well written. Um, I think this movie and then later franchise breathed new life into the MCU when even like it like it didn't really need it, but it kind of did, and and it it re it made um, the MCU realize like it can be very different from what it had been. It was kind of, a lot of it was in the same vein of very serious. And I think it tried something new, which was great. Um, it's like, a, I know that James Gunn was inspired by Star Wars, which I also have a personal connection with, but like, it's cool that now I have another kind of like space franchise that I like. I just like space stuff is cool to me. Um, yeah, the comedy is super funny. And like, I don't think it's a perfect film. I do. I see the flaws sometimes, but I think it's just like a really great ride to sit through. Um, and I love it despite its flaws. And that's kind of part of the message of the movie, which I also think is really interesting. So, um, yeah, I could talk about this movie forever. But I I wonder what I gave it. I don't know what my star rating is. I, I have to check, actually, on Letterboxd. I gave it a four, but I... I don't know. I could give it a four and a half or a five. Like I, I love this movie, and of course I would recommend this. So, uh, next up is cool. Aiden. What did you think about this movie? Uh, yeah. I mean, I also like this movie a lot. I liked it when I first saw it. I don't think I, I don't have as strong of a connection to it as you do. I think, but um, yeah, this is a movie that uh, upon rewatch, I was surprised at like like I've seen this movie multiple times, and a lot of it, like, I know exactly what's going to happen, I know exactly what joke is going to be told, and I was still, like, laughing out loud, and so, like, that, like, that's a yep. pretty good mark for a lot of, for the comedy, at least. Um, yeah, so for the most part, I think the comedy is quite funny. There's some parts of it that I don't like, particularly in the beginning. There's, like, there's a really specific thing they do a bunch of times in the beginning, and then don't do for the rest of the movie, and it's like, oh, okay, I don't know why, whatever, but I'll get into that. Um, I think that this movie is a lot more fresh than a lot of movies, although I will say that I think that there, like, there's nothing super unique about, like, shot composition and stuff like that, if I want to get, like, nitpicky, like, there, this is, like, a perfectly good-looking movie, but I just don't think, it does kind of just look average to me, it looks like an average sort of blockbuster, um, 
I also think that there are like, well, I the characters are super super strong. There are certain, I I just wish that characters, some of the traits were shown in slightly different ways, uh, and then there are just like little things. It's mostly it's, my general views are I really like this movie. They're just things that I would nitpick, but this is a really fun time. Um, I would give this four stars, and I would recommend it to people. Nice. Yeah, I'm at the point where I'm, like, reciting line for line, like, what they're saying at the same time sometimes. <laughs> like, obviously not the whole movie, but certain punchlines, I'm saying it at the same time, the same intonation, yeah. the same, like, voice. that Because it, it's just, like, they're just so iconic at this point. Um, yeah. Peter, what did you think about this movie? Okay, so I loved this film when it first released. Um, it's probably... Like, this is phase one MCU, or is this phase two? Phase two. I'm not sure. Phase two. Man, I'm a huge nerd about this. Like, like (laughs) I I know that answer easy, bro. Like, I... Sorry. Um, But but honestly, like, second second watch, uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first time, to be honest. Um, And Aiden, I actually disagree with you there. Uh, I went to shot composition. I actually noticed some really creative shots and just really pretty visuals. I don't think, like if we judge like the cgi of the film it might not be as up uh as flashy as some of the more big epics like you know infinity war or Endgame. but then there are some really creative like you can tell these are non-cgi shots that i thought are really cool whether it's like uh star lord fighting in the like the steamy ancient ruined planet at the beginning or them right. boarding ronin's ship you know um like there's just one shot that I remember pretty clearly that you see this uh, futuristic door sort of like turn and open and the camera's behind the door. I thought that was really cool. And then like them walking through like the hole they blow at the side of Ronan's ship as they walk out of the ship. I thought that was really cool as well. So like visually, I think it's a really pretty film. But the characters, man, I gotta say the game might have ruined the movie for me. Um, so I played the Guardians game very recently and... Uh, I got to spend a lot more time with the Guardians characters and because it's a video game you can only like facial expression don't matter as much but like the voice acting matters a lot so like it's just a much louder version of the Guardians uh, characteristics that we're seeing in the movie and I think that somehow ruined the movie for me because uh, the movie is just a less like quieter version of that like Drax is more uh, you know more like uh, straight face, not laughing at anything, and then do, do, throwing out some really stupid jokes. And then, um, like, Rock is much louder than Bradley Cooper in this one. Uh, and Groot is just, I'm grooting, but with a lot more characteristic because Rock is always there to translate. So, that honestly, the game might have ruined the movie for me. But, um, you know, the emotional punch is still there when Groot died. Well, died. Um, and uh, and like like I said, like I really like how James James Gunn brought the character together in such a natural way to form that team. So like the plot progression, I also really enjoy. But the characters themselves got ruined for me, unfortunately. Um, so honestly, I probably I would probably give it a four star on my first watch. But this one, because I played the game now, it's a three and a half for me. But I would absolutely recommend this movie. It's still a really brilliant film. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I have also played the video game, and I, I like if anything, like the reverse reaction. I'd say that the game, I was just kind of like comparing to the Guardians that I know and love, and so 
I and I think when making when they were making the game, they they knew that problem, and so they they try to make their characters different. And I just found those characterizations just kind of like it wasn't the canon that I preferred, you know. And so no, like the changes yeah. the changes they made, I was like, oh, that's not that's not my Star Lord, you know, <laughs> like that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, so so it's interesting that you you feel that way, but. Um, anyways, now that we've got that out of the way, we're going to do our two-minute synopsis so that if you haven't seen the film, you are filled in. Um, so, okay. Peter, because well, you did pew, lose pew, pew, the spoilers. game. Oh, yeah, spoilers. Yeah, we kind of uh, did a, spo- a big spoiler in <laughs> Peter's review, um, but maybe we'll we'll change that for next time. I think we should do non-spoiler reactions. Non-spoiler? Anyways, gotcha. okay. yeah, for next time. Um, yeah, so no Guardians two spoilers, right? This is just Guardians one. I can't talk. Why about would Guardians you? 2 still. Why would you talk about Guardians? No, because I was thinking about the backstory, you know, because like the the scene at the beginning, okay, I was like, stick it to the one. Okay, Guardians two spoilers. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yeah, right. Like try and no, no, keep it. I don't it, think we're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep I, it I, to I, the movie we're talking about. Anyways, Peter, but you I ready? mean, if you want to bring up like ego, I guess, then like maybe. But yeah, oh, sure, whoa, sure, whoa, sure. whoa. Okay, I won't bring it up. I won't bring it up. I'll keep it going. Right. Especially not in the synopsis, but anyways, you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one, go. So we first met Peter when he's a kid, and his mom is dying of cancer. Uh, and then he was really sad, you know, when his mom passed away. So he ran out of the hospital, and then that's where Yondu found him and picked him up. So quick time jump to the future, where uh, Peter's on Morak and trying to steal a, an ancient orb that he's going to sell. Uh, but at the same time, he's also double-crossing Yondu because Yondu's the one that set up the deal. So on the planet, he met up with a bunch of Ronan's goons, and then they fought. And then we got introduced to Ronan, who's uh, a Kree accuser that is uh, going after Novacor and Xandar because the, they killed his family. And then uh, we later on introduced to Ronan's boss, which is Thanos. Uh, Thanos is hiring Ronan to sort of do this for him so he can get on... Uh, get hold of an infinity th- stone so at the same time when peter is trying to sell the stone to a zan zandarian merchant uh yondu's placed a bounty on him so brock and Gru got involved because they're bounty hunters and gamora's also involved because um Gro- gamora's walking uh working for yondu no sorry not yondu <laughs> ronin um to to get the the orb for him uh so they crossed paths in zandar and then they fought and then they all got sent to the kiln, which is a high-security prison. And then they planned a prison escape, uh, and that's where they also found Drax. So they all escaped together. Uh, and then they went to nowhere to sell the orb to the collector. But then Ronan's troops attacked, and uh, Ravengers got involved. And then eventually, we all go to Xandar with a huge like, dogfight between uh, Nova, <laughs> Ravagers, and uh, Ronan's guys. And then eventually the whole battle ends up with a dance-off between Ronan and the Guardians. And uh, uh, Peter used the uh, Infinity Stone to kill Ronan. End of the story. The orb is now under Novacorp. And uh, Peter and the crew is on to new adventures. Okay, that's time was up. That was um, a really interesting <laughs> summary. Dude, the, the, you spent the first like minute and 15 just on the first act. <laughs> 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 15 minutes saw, was most of your I saw summary. the 42nd countdown, I was like, oh shit, I'm not like halfway through the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it's because like you focused on like everybody's relation to each other. It sounded more like 
Like, I was thinking, like, that's what, like, how I would describe the Godfather or something. Like, oh, and he's this guy's brother, and then they're working for this guy, and it's, like, like more about the organization yeah. of the thing. Anyways. Yeah. Um, like, I think you, like, mostly got it. Like, that's pretty much really, it. really, like, the ending is that the Guardians kill Ronan together. They have to share the power of the Infinity Stone yeah. uh, to kill him. But, I mean, I think as far as summaries go, that, that will suffice so i think i think we just move on to our uh our spoilery discussion so first question i'm gonna ask you guys is what was your favorite part i have well, an for me, easy answer for this one okay uh, you have an, uh, i don't have an easy answer i don't have an easy answer so you go okay i really love the first time we visited xandar i just love how james gunn's able to mm. sort of piece together different plot threads together so we're, we have already been following Peter on his journey to sell the stone. So, you know, it's natural that we are going to Xandar. And then at the same time, because the bounty that was placed on him by Yondu, which we got introduced to earlier, uh, we see Rocket and uh, Groot getting involved with like the bounty amount, 40,000 credits, whatever. And then Gamora's literally standing there as he's walking out the store. So I just love how he's able to piece together these prospects seamlessly. It's not like he needs like exposition or characters oh have you heard about that guy he's also here you know it's very natural and then the way that they also he's able to sort of send them all to the same location for more character development in inside the kiln was is also very clever so i think that entire sequence is one of my favorites on the film i yeah no i really like that uh sequence as well um I think like Rocket's introduction introduction is so funny where he's just criticizing people and it's like like right away you you get his character is that mm-hmm. he's like analyzing everybody and he's just like like super negative um but it's it's really funny like as an intro like he's talking about like Stanley like oh what a pervert and <laughs> uh look at this like a child oh he looks so full of himself and meanwhile, like Groot is drinking the fountain drinking water. Drinking raw fountain. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's a great yeah, sequence. Yeah. Um, I have a few favorite moments. So I'll, like, unless Aiden thinks of one, I'll start yeah, scattering I mean, mine I, around. Like, I guess one of my favorites, I really love, um, I, I really love the speech uh, when, yeah. like, when it's, when they decide, like, we're going to do this and we're going to try to stop Ronan. I think the that's, like, my speech. favorite moment of the movie. When he, when he says, like, I specifically remember a line where he's, like, um, and I'd remember this for years where it's, like, we have a chance and it's, like, a chance to do what? To give a shit? Like, that's yeah. a great line. That's a great, yeah. great line. And so um, I also like that this movie does a good job of doing, like, a little bit of, uh, like self-referential comedy but in a way that isn't like oh my god like f- holy fuck yeah and like that scene is a good example of this where it's like when rocket stands he's like oh yeah we're now we're just like five idiots standing like like that's like a funny thing because like a character would would remark on that like instead of it being like like his character would remark on that so it's not yeah, that yeah and not not everyone would like gamora wouldn't remark on that like and so that's an important thing so I yeah think that's a- I, lo- I love that moment I think you're touching on a big thing, which is that characters have distinct voices, and that is something yeah. that I do want to get into later. But um, that was one of the three moments for me, uh, is that loser speech. I call it the loser speech because it's when early early in the speech, Peter says, or no, it's not early, whatever. Um, he says, you know what I see when I look around this circle? A bunch of losers. Pause. Mm. 
and by that I mean uh, pe- folks who have lost stuff, right? Like, yeah. um, and I, I, you know, it speaks to that the core theme of you know found family, but it's it's it is a really like it's a rousing and touching scene while also being like you said very funny. Um, the whole like you know twelve percent of a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is like Groot is like at least it's not eleven percent. And then he's and he's like yeah thanks Groot Groot gets it. And then Groot's like eating a leaf off of his yeah, shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Like, I it's, also it's love. Yeah. Dave Bautista's delivery on the oh I must have missed that I was thinking about something else. It's yes, so funny. yes, I, I love that. Yeah, so that's that's a fantastic scene. Um, oh right, and and I think my favorite part of that is. Um, I actually had to write it down because I, I love this delivery so much is when Star-Lord is cr- criticizing Rocket for his like safe um, attempt to like save them from the Ravagers and he's yeah. like how how are you saving them oh, if you're yeah. going to blow the ship <laughs> blow up the ship that I'm on and and he's like oh, we're going to figure it out and he's like you only gave them five seconds too like that's not enough time for them to hand us over and he's like well I'm sorry I didn't think about the minutia of the plan <laughs> Yeah, that that it's, is a line that the exact intonation was ingrained in my head. Yeah. Yes, it's it's minutia. So that's yeah. that's a great part. Um, my other two favorite parts. Uh, one we talked about last week. Actually, sorry. Before we get into that, this loser speech. They play. They try to do the exact same thing in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which is a movie we reviewed for us last week, but for listeners a month ago, I guess. Yeah. And like does not even hit close to the same heights. I don't in even Dungeons remember it. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so in Dungeons & Dragons, Chris Pine, they're on the beach. One on like, the beach, yeah, yeah. We're, we're failures. They just changed the word. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. you don't want to see we're a bunch yeah. of failures, or, you know, like, something like that. But it's, it's, it's funny that we're doing this right after we did Dungeons & Dragons, because that was a film that I was calling a Guardians knockoff, and maybe you yeah. can kind of see all the similarities but anyways so speaking of that last week when we did Dungeons and Dragons I I mentioned the scene but it's in the prison escape the triangle composition as I call it that because it's from a YouTube analysis video I've seen but it's when Rocket is describing the plan to escape and that they need this battery and then as he's describing the importance of the battery and as he's winding down the importance of getting it last because it'll kick things into high gear. Meanwhile, yeah. Groot is in the background of the shot getting the battery immediately. Uh, great moment. Just like, yeah. it's everything all together. Like, the directing is really strong. It just, it's it's a great moment. Yeah, and I think, like, the sh- again, to compare it to the same gag in Dungeons & Dragons, it's the shot composition, like, sells it so hard. Also, very important, very, very important thing we get a rack focus insert of the battery yeah. early on. He says, you see that, and we see it. And that doesn't, we don't know, in Dungeons & Dragons, we don't know that the guy walking up to that specific part of the bridge is going to trigger the bridge thing. Whereas, we know immediately, oh, that's the battery thing, and Groot is going towards it. So, yeah, yeah like it's, it's way better executed here. And you know what it is? It's set up and payoff. So you have to you have to set up the joke early enough yeah. to allow for the payoff to happen. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. it's it's dramatic tension because we see something that the characters do not, and we have knowledge that makes it like there's there's tension involved. You're going, Groot, don't do that. Meanwhile, 
in the bridge scene that we're talking about from Dungeons and Dragons, we don't know that yet. And so we're not understanding what is happening as it's happening. So it doesn't work. Um, The other uh, scene that I pulled out is not like, um, like the funniest scene, but it's one that I, I like for a multitude of reasons. It's the, I called it the fooled around and fell in love scene because that's the song that's playing in the background. It's when uh, Gamora and Star-Lord are having their uh, first kind of like close moment uh, on Nowhere. I just love the, like they're, they're out on this balcony and it's like the galaxy in front of them. So it's, it looks really nice, um, at least to me. Like, like, I don't know what you think, Aiden, but. Um, and as far as like, like a romantic scene, it's, it's really good. It's fun and kind of like, like a little bit quirky like the Guardians franchise is. They, you know, they throw in their Kevin Bacon reference, which is paid off later, which I really liked. Um, yeah, and it's, it is like, it's just like a really nice romantic scene, which I feel like has kind of evaporated from the MCU. Um, I know there's a lot of talk recently about like how movies are sexless. And I, I wouldn't say that Guardians is a sexy movie. I think it's also kind of lacking in that regard. It is a family-friendly movie, but mm-hmm. um, I do think this is a movie with a hint of romance, which even that is kind of gone from the right. MCU. It's a movie that's not afraid to dedicate an entire scene to just that. Because that's really... Yeah. That's the only thing that's important of that scene. Like, that was a moment when... When I, on my rewatch, I was like, okay, like, because, you know, I've, I've seen the movie a bunch of times, so I'm thinking, like, okay, so, as a writer, like, why do you put in that the collector isn't just immediately ready for them? Why would you make us that the collector is making them wait? And it's just so that they can have those character moments, and that's really great. Like, between that and the bar. I have, I have a slight problem with... Mm, no, never mind. Never mind. I, I have a comment on one of the things that happens in the bar, but... Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I agree that, that that shot looks pretty nice. Again, there's just something about, like, there's a certain, like, veneer this movie has that is just not, it just doesn't look, like, like stand out to me. Like, just nothing mm-hmm. in this movie just looks that way to me. And, like, it's not that it's bad. Like, it looks good. But, yeah. So, but I, I agree that that's a nice looking part. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I, I was looking at my, my document of, of shots I've, pulled from movies and i was trying to be like yeah it was in the shot composition great but looking at it like it's just so dark i don't know if it's just my screen but i do think it is kind of like it's better than most mcu movies but it is not like i don't know like top gun you know yeah or even avatar i think probably avatar does a better job like those are ones that you would like frame or something. I don't think yeah. Guardians was ever intending to do that, but I think, I think that James Gunn put in a lot of thought into the shot composition. Oh, for sure, absolutely. And like, like yeah, like I think I think for what it is, action comedy space yeah. blockbuster. I think it's shot quite well. Um, well, exactly. So, like, like the point we gave, like the Groot Groot taking the battery gag. That's shot great. Like that's that's mm-hmm. like the perfect shot to do that gag in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, um, while we're here, remember, it's a point that I call, remember when the MCU made movies. This feels like it was directed by a person. Yes. <laughs> like, like someone was like, I have a story to tell, and boy, am I going to tell it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I had the exact same feeling where I was like, man, like even like the little things that don't work for me, like this has so much heart. Like this yes. is just clearly like there's there's so much like of just care, like clearly everyone cares about what they're doing and it's not AI generated in the same way that Ant-Man was like that. Like, Oh my God, the whiplash of like Ant-Man being the most recent MCU movie I saw to this, like that's insane. But yeah, like, cause even I, I I guess I, I won't keep postponing it. One of my little problems with this movie is that like a lot of the big character reveals are just like, we're with them, we're with them. And then, they just kind of hit a point where they just say something really traumatic that happened to them. And they just like, they just like tell another character. Like rocket does that where, and I actually really love the deliveries. Bradley Cooper is really good. Um, like the delivery is great. The, and the line is great of, I didn't ask to be, um, like picked apart apart and put back together and pulled apart and put back together again. That's a great line because it gives you information as to what happened to him without actually explicitly saying what happened to him Mm -hmm. but i just think every character in general has the problem of like they kind of just say like yeah well when my mom was killed by the thieves and that i had to do this no obviously that's not a real thing but like yeah um but my point is regardless of that at least it's like i buy everything they're saying and everything they're saying affects their actions so it's like it like at there's a, like at least like something there. Like it's like a character that I can latch onto and really love. Yeah. Well, no, I think I, I, oh, sorry. Yes. Go Peter. Yeah. Uh, well, I think like the entire success of the guardians rely on the characters. Like guardians of the galaxies are the characters. <laughs> he didn't have to go. It's peace it out. Don't worry um, for the pod. <laughs> but, but honestly, like, like Alex, like you said, like one of the things that this movie does so well, it's the it consistency of the characters. Like all mm-hmm. of the things that they do are consistent with their values and characteristics, and are believable because of that. So the fact that James Gunn is able to craft an entire movie where characters do that all the time, and there's like there's like not one moment that's immersion breaking when it comes to the characters and what they do is quite fantastic. So. Yeah, um, I I think I I think you're right that the Guardians franchise, like why it works, is the characters, and that each character is super distinct, um, and like not just in like the way they talk, but you know they 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 fall they all fall into like pretty classic archetypes, um, and I think I think it just really works here. So like uh, Gamora is the kind of like badass female warrior Drax is the muscle who doesn't understand uh metaphors rocket is the kind of like mechanic i can fix things i can make weapons kind of guy groot is i guess also the muscle but um i think he and drax feel like different niches like he's the muscle that doesn't talk and then uh star lord is like the charismatic leader who is pretty stupid sometimes and not great at anything yeah no but um (laughs) actually here's a point that i can bring up is what i love so much about star lord and why the same basically the same character didn't work for me in uh chris pine in dungeons and dragons is that um star lord although they are both leaders who make plans that don't always work or are kind of stupid characters 
like Star Lord has so much heart to him, and like it leads him astray, and he makes really bad choices sometimes. So he's he's kind of got like two distinct character flaws that I tracked. One is that he's initially very selfish and kind of like like I just kept saying like man he's a piece of shit sometimes like like when he is escaping Morag and he forgets that there's a girl in the ship yeah. who's just like been rattled around she's like what the fuck's happening and he's like I forgot you were here he's just like like a womanizer kind of character and he's always like thinking about the credits first there's a great point later when they realize the um the orb is an infinity stone and he's like i don't know can we find a guy who's really nice and make a (laughs) lot of money and not do either of the difficult choices so i love that about him and then also he's reckless when someone like like when when something gets him like at his heart he can make some like pretty stupid choices um so like when somebody takes when the prison guard takes his uh, whatever the music thing is, Walkman, um, he reacts impulsively, and he and because that like hits at his core. I hate using this word trauma, but like like that's something that really matters to him, and so he makes a really impulsive decision to attack the guy, even though he gets hurt in return. Like there's a retaliation, obviously, and yeah, he goes back to save it later. Even though these these actions are very stupid, but these are actions that you can relate to. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. It's first of all, it's all very consistent, like you said. Like mm-hmm. you know, at first he only cares about credit. He's selfish, and then later on we sort of go back to that point when they're in nowhere. It's like, hey, even though it's an Infinity Stone, that's still solid, but just to a very, very nice guy. So I think these, like all of these combined, just make Star Lord a very charming, but also like a character that you won't take that seriously of, you know, at the same time. But then, obviously, like, in Guardians 2, we explore his backstory a lot more, where there's still, like, a rich emotional history that he has that we can explore and uh, sort of uh, relate to at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say something I really like as well about the way that his character is introduced is that I like that when we see... um, when we see him as a kid, he says, like, he talks about how he got into a fight with these other kids because they were hurting a frog who didn't do anything wrong. And then, like, the first thing we see with him as an adult is him kicking these little animals that are hopping around, which is both funny because it's just, like, a funny, goofy introduction. But then it, it also is a good character moment because it shows how much he's changed. Like, Dude, this kid, like, clearly in the, in the past, like, 20 years, a bunch of stuff has happened and he isn't, he is, like, buried that kid that beat up the guys who hurt the frog he's buried that and he's something and and it like sets up really well like this movie is going to be about him like relearning how to like let the best parts of himself out that's a good catch aiden yeah and it's it's also i think it's a really important like save the cat moment right like you need you need that thing that makes you care about the characters i think that even if that one line hadn't been there i'm sure you would still connect with star lord because he lost his mom tragedy is a one way to um connect with a character it's not always you don't always have to save an animal it works very well instinctually for us humans but you know tragedy and um being good at a skill apparently is one like we are we are often taken by characters who are skilled at a particular thing but i do think it it 
gives so much because this is a piece of shit character that we, when he's young, he's looking out for the small guy. He's looking out for the the frog that they smushed with a stick. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I do think that is a really important moment. Um, but yeah, I, I do want to touch upon the point that you brought up earlier. We kind of got sidetracked, but the exposition brain yeah. or exposition speak, I do think that is one of the problems of this movie. There's, there's a particular moment where Ronan says something like, Thanos has lent me you guys, and in exchange, he will destroy the planet. And it's like just yeah. a completely unnecessary line because from both the stuff we get immediately before and immediately after, that is very clear that that's yeah. what the situation is. Like, and even if like, yeah, it's it's very clear. It's to me, it's what seems to have happened is I feel like that's like an audience tested line. Like they played yeah. it, and like the audience wasn't sure that um that they got that thanos was going to destroy the planet for him and so they like made sure to put that line in there because the rest of the script doesn't feel like it's written with that line in mind it feels like it's written as if that line didn't happen yeah this movie i think is um it's it's a movie that kind of treats its audience like they're idiots because i mean yeah it's a block but it's a marvel blockbuster yeah and the, I think they're kind of right. Like, like I think a lot of the people watching this movie are either like going to be a little slow on the uptake or at the very least, maybe not fully paying attention. Yeah. I I don't think it's that they're dumb. I think it's sorry to cut you off. I think it's just that like, they're going to a movie just to like, it's just for the ride. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a roller coaster. It's like Martin Scorsese says, it's a roller coaster than more than cinema. And so, sometimes for those kinds of like it's a different movie experience you need those reminders just to like like you guys are still you're following right and i think it's a lot to introduce for one movie it's introducing a whole world where the mcu usually doesn't have to because it's there's a lot of assumptions that you already know this world it's our world with some new things new characters but now we're introducing planets people and like like there's there's a lot going on in this movie and so it's kind of impressive that so much works um but kind of like to your point there are very obvious scenes where it's like okay this is like an audience thing like hey guys you you following or like like speaking to the audience probably the most egregious thing is the like hear your characters moment the lineup where they're just but, go, listing all the characters, like see, I know. I think that one's way better. That it, one's it way better, in my opinion, it, because at because least it's like they make the it a scene. Thing. The scene like makes sense. Like it, it yeah. feels like validated by the scene that they would do that. Yeah, I think like like they do a really good job for most of the movie burying the exposition. Because whether you whether you have a problem with it or not, exposition's ultimately necessary. So I think course, the way yeah. they do it is a very creative scene that, you know, is featured in the trailers. It works very well. And it, it really gets you, like, on board with the characters, I think. Um, it's, it's just not, it's not subtle at all. Right. And so this, this time I noticed, I was like, oh, that's what this is, right? Very obviously, this is, like, catching up everyone to speed. Like, okay, here's this, 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 this. Felt a little, like on the nose this time for me you know i've yeah. seen it a couple this movie a couple times now but um yeah and 
I will say, like, to your point about, like, the amount of things going on in this movie, I agree that it does a really good job. But I think that one of the other problems this movie has is that is also, like, being saddled with, like, having to set up other MCU things. Like, Mm -hmm. I always think about the Netflix Daredevil season two is the worst season of that show. And a big part of the reason is because it was forced to set up, like 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 the hand and all these things that would become yeah. the main villains for the defenders series and i think like oh. i think thanos thanos doesn't need to be in this movie like i i really don't think so like th- he's only there to like set up like ha- have them mention him like once you know what i mean like i don't i don't really like the the scene between Re- thanos and ronin i really like don't feel it like i guess it it does like stoke like it, it escalates the conflict between them in that like it it helps you buy that like Ronan's turning on him later but like like those are all the parts where the parts where they're talking about like Thanos this Thanos that are the parts where I'm like okay like come on like we, we don't need this I, honestly I disagree Aiden I think you're like the whole point of this movie like other than you know introducing the Guardians and everything it's MCU's first dive into the concept of mcu is bigger than what's happening on earth and it's actually a cosmic universe where things are happening i think it's it's very cool that you're seeing a character set up in post credit scenes actually taken in the main stage as part of the main film and is related to the major villain of the film i think it's actually a very interesting way to sort of connect this to the grander mcu universe without because Thanos was barely featured to be honest like um so I don't think it's a huge issue for me personally. No, I don't. I don't think it's a huge issue either. I, I just think I think this movie is stronger if they cut Thanos and they just get a, a a villain that is more like that is a villain that serves more of a purpose than just like this guy needs to exist to introduce us to the guy that we're going to need to know later. Interesting. Yeah, I do think that um, Thanos is kind of like is part of the weaker parts of this movie. Um, it is, this is definitely a movie that is the, what I, what I was thinking is like, okay, we're doing infinity war. That's kind of like, this is the first movie that you really feel it. You could argue that Thor, the dark world featuring the Aether might be the first one, or I doubt you would say that with Avengers one, but I'd say this is really whether like, like the plan is clear and we're setting up the infinity stones. They're saying infinity stones in the movie thanos is in the movie right so this does it is starting to feel like okay we're going we're leading to something um i think thanos should be in this movie i'm not sure that they handled it as well as they could have Mm. only because that there is the connection to gamora that is just non like like she talks about him there's no scenes with thanos and gamora um I guess that that would be better for me. That would be a more interesting I think, right? thing. Yeah. yeah. There is, but I, I would worry about adding scenes because something that I wrote down while I was watching is, like, this is a tight two-hour film. Like, yeah. usually you hear, like, tight 90, and I think there's too much in this movie, but it is, like, like it's two hours, and I yeah. feel like they don't waste time pretty well anywhere. Like, like you know, it's a comedy, so, you know, there's there's gags and stuff like that, and there's plenty of that but the story is like very streamlined i think um i agree i think i think that um the thanos problem though kind of speaks to 
what is probably like the weakest part of this movie, which is Ronan. Um, yeah. I have lots to say about that, but I'd like to hear from you guys first. Maybe let's start with Peter, actually. Sure. Before, before we get into that, though, I just want to bring up one thing. I think, um, okay. <laughs> the, you know, the two-hour runtime, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that is probably the reason why we only got teases of the character's backstory. And then they were, they were, we were sort of getting taken to a deeper dive when we got to Guardians 2 or in the other movies that features the Guardians. Where it's also thought, just how sequels work. You don't you don't bring everything <laughs> out in the first movie because then true. you have nowhere to go. That's yeah, true. and it to my point about like um, the way they ha- handled some character backstory. When I said the thing about like, oh, the character just like says like this happened to me. I'm not saying that we should dive. I'm not saying we should dive deeper than that. I'm just saying like there's a different way you can have it than just yeah. character in a quiet moment or in a in a moment where we have a little break is like. It's, this is me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very like, I, I agree you know, yeah. this one yeah. time my family died, you know, yeah. it's kind of like, yeah. it's apropos of nothing, you know, yeah. they just I kind think, of, it seems like they just bring it up. I right. had a real trouble relating with Drax in this movie. Cause he basically like, I, I know his backstory by now pretty clearly. I know what exactly what happened, but then literally it just in, in the middle of them trying to kill Gamora, Drax was like, they killed my, uh, Ronan killed my wife. Rona killed my daughter. <laughs> and, and and then there's like zero follow-up to, to all the actions followed that we're supposed to be convinced by his exposition that we're, we need to fail for him. Like, I don't think... I, I actually, think words don't connect me with the character that, that efficiently, in my opinion. I agree with you, but I actually think that that's an example of like one of the most valid moments of it in the movie. I believe... I believe Drax would constantly be monologuing and be like, Ronan and and Thanos are the ones who slaughtered my family. I believe the character would do that. And also, like, I believe he would say that specifically in the scene where they're about to kill Gamora. Like, it makes makes sense that he's coming and being like, no, she's mine. Mm. It's very um, Inigo Montoya from The Princess Bride. (laughs) I'm looking for the six-figured man. You killed my father, prepared to die. Like, you know, like how he just constantly brings that up. Um... But yeah, anyways, um, I forget what I was going to respond to. Peter, Peter on I, did, I did ask Ronan. you a question. Ronan, Ronan yes. what are your thoughts? Does he work? What's the problem? Yo, Ronan's, uh, Ronan's so stupid, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, like, I just feel like Ronan's a character. Like, like, it's similar to Drax, to be honest. Like, I can't relate to him. Like, he said, oh, Zandarian people killed my family. It's like... Okay, so, like, I'm just supposed to fail for you. Like, I think the best type of villains are the villains that you actually, like, you believe in their cause. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it makes sense for you to do this, but then, of course, because of circumstance, they're not doing this in the best way, whatever. Um, like, we're obviously still rooting for our heroes, but these are the villains that I like the most, the villains that you can relate to, the villains that you can see where they're coming from. But Ronan's obviously not that type of villain. There's just way too little that's said about him he's just another generic bad guy you know what i mean and uh and you just sort of see like you can see how his arc is gonna end when we first introduced to when we first got introduced to him so um not a fan of ronan (laughs) i will say i agree that i'm also not a fan of ronan but i do have a point i hear people say that a lot where they're like oh like the best villains are the ones that um the best villains are the ones where, like, in a sense, like, they're they're kind of like the good guy, but it's like you, and you could kind of side with them, maybe. And I don't think that's strictly true. 
I yeah, think that I the best the best villain like think about like the Dark Knight. Like you don't you don't care about what the Joker's doing in that movie. You're not like or, Oh, I can Darth, I can get behind the Joker. Or, or Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. Right. And I think that what bothers me the most about Ronan is that what he is doing and he him and his character has nothing to do with the thematic elements that are driving this movie. So if it tied in some way, like the character Peter Quill specifically needs to overcome the dejection and the pain that he's like learned and accrued over the years to like return to uh, the point where he used to care about people and to find a family. If Ronan tied into that in some way, like if Ronan was like the inverse of Peter in some way, or if like, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't even, I don't have like a specific idea of how you do this, but like, if you made the villain like representative of like not solving it and so like if the if the villain is represent if the villain represents selfishness for example then when peter defeats him he defeats selfishness so there's stuff like that like i just think like there needs to be some sort of thematic tie in and that's why i think he's a weak villain Aiden, i agree with you and i think you brought up a really good point i think um the best villains are not only the ones that you can relate to that's i guess one category but there's like a whole different category where they challenge our heroes in some way whether it's being a reflection of the hero like you said like opposite thematically or just like um like i think to a point like the the dark knight the the joker is more of like a like challenging the hero's ideology like is batman yeah like really you know um like the the hero that the gotham think he is etc oh i guess that's more two-faced but um, I, I agree with you that uh, Ronan does not do any of these in this movie. Yeah, well, okay. like, sorry, just to respond to the Joker thing really sure. quick. Yeah, because, like, the Joker, like, he's, like, the antithesis to Batman, where it's, like, it, it like, the Batman needs, to, it's, like, the soul of man is at stake between Batman and the Joker in the movie, because it's, like, Batman believes, like, people are good, they need to be saved, they'll do the right thing. Oh, yes, Joker is exactly. like, yeah. Joker's, like, everything is chaos, like, you, I feel a man will <laughs> yeah okay. yeah um i think i think ronan i'm trying to trying to reckon with what he is like on the page like what they the the character he is over what he could have been so what we hmm. do know about ronan is that his father and his grandfather were killed by the Xandarians. So there is that kind of like generational trauma. I hate using that word, but um, like I, I think there's something there. So maybe that's, I almost wonder sure. if he's a better antithesis of Drax. This is what I was just kind of occurred sure. to me. And maybe that's why they keep facing off in this movie. Why Drax really wants to kill this guy is because like, um, he they're like opposites like at the midpoint they fight and then they meet again to fight later on and that's because both of them had like the people they cared about were taken away and they're strong and i don't know like it's like i said this is kind of half-baked but i think i think they were trying to do something with that like his reasoning is revenge based and speaks to kind of like he doesn't mention his childhood but it's his parents, right? His parents were taken away from him, just like Peter's parents were taken away from him, Gamora's parents. 
Um, Drax is kind of the the one who didn't have that same thing, but Rocket's parents were taken too. Like, so there's there's something sort of there. I don't think sure. they really try to make that anything. Um, they definitely like don't try to make um, like his point of view one that you can understand because ultimate like at the end of the day he's a space nazi is what i keep saying like he wants to wipe out a race of people and you don't really want to like sympathize with that makes people uncomfortable so it's but like for a blockbuster you know but it's not you don't need to sympathize with him you just need to like get what like the leap between like the leap between my family got killed and because there's more going on there where it is like uh, these people have been warring and he believes that that's the way things should be. And so he's mm-hmm. like, I don't accept peace treaty. But like, yeah, I, I, I think that you can just do things to make that, to just get what he's, why he's doing it more. Um, yeah, I, I just, it, he, he's a villain that just kind of exists to like be something that the heroes stop instead of like being kind yeah. of a character no, in right. his own right. Mm-hmm. I think we need to like we got introduced to Ronan when he is already on the road to destruction and chaos like we didn't see the Ronan before and how he got there I think that's what we're missing to really truly relate or like not not even relate to just like oh like that is why he's doing this or like oh that is like why he's how he's fitting into this movie thematically but we are we we, are, we the first time we met him he's already like I want to, I want to destroy the Andarian people. He killed the diplomat, and then he wants to wipe out the entire race. So, we were missing that sort of like the beginning portion of his journey. I think, and I think that also ties into how like Darth Vader is one of the most iconic villains of all time. Again, mm-hmm. lots of parallels between those uh, Ronan and Darth Vader, and I think maybe some of why that works and this one doesn't is that you know obi-wan remembers before he was darth i'm a little yeah. hazy on like trying to remember what I'm pre- is obi-wan says like we fought together movie. in the clone wars yeah yeah, yeah okay okay obi-wan so, yeah. says that in new hope yeah yeah I'm, I'm just trying to be like okay what happens only in that first movie but it's also that's mm-hmm. it's also like we know obviously we don't know that it's his father luke's father in that one we know that there's some connection between darth vader and luke in that movie right like they say no, like, because I know this. Um, Lucas didn't know that Luke was going to be his son until he was writing oh, really? the second one. Yeah, so that's oh, okay. not it's at the time of writing A New Hope. That's quote unquote not canon. But I think still, it's more to the point of that movie, yeah. right? Like, like it's it's an a, analogy of um, the Vietnam War, and mm-hmm. Darth Vader's like the president of the United States. Like, that's relevant to the story. Whereas yeah. Ronan seems kind of, like, to the side of where the story is, which is found family. He's the catalyst for which the family is formed, but doesn't really inform the themes of the story, which is kind of yeah. the problem we seem to be having with Ronan. Um, and I, I think most people list him under um, the forgettable, like, one-movie villains that where it just kind of yeah. like all blend together. Um, He's not as bad as whatever the dark like, dark elf guy is from. Oh, Malekith. Malekith yeah. is one of the worst. That's um, the worst one. Oh, I also yeah, think one of the worst. Yeah. I think also Yellow Jacket before yeah, he was yeah. Modok. <laughs> but at really the very least, like one. 
Yellow Jacket, like we were talking about it in our AM interview, like where like Yellow Jacket is kind of like the opposite of hope in some ways. And like that is there, true. And we have that, that there's that prodigy, prodigy mentor, mentee like connection mm-hmm. there. Like of he's that gone wrong. Like, yeah. so there, I think there's even more there actually. I think, I think his connection is definitely better to the main characters, but I do think yeah. as a villain, he's worse. Because what I like so much about Ronan is that, first of all, Lee Pace's performance is, I, I think, incredible. And I agree. Seeing him and like like not really knowing who he is until this year watching um, Bodies, 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 and then seeing this like Chad guy, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? That was Ronan? About, you never saw like Lord of the Rings? I, Wait, he was I've, in Lord of the Rings? Yeah, yeah he's, he's in one of the elves. Them. I've seen Lord of the Rings, no but those way. movies are... That is crazy. Those movies are a fever dream. I saw those way too long ago. So, um, but I think I think his performance is great, and also what I think works about Ronan, where some of the other MCU ones maybe don't, is that I think he's like a formidable opponent, which is a, one of the really important things sure. about a villain. Is that it seems like it's impossible to to stop him. Yeah, I think, true. I think and they, they, they have give... they have to do something that is like glimpsing death to stop him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that people don't give him enough credit for being that. Like, for all that he is, people, you know, they say he's the worst villain, or, like, he's the reason why this movie doesn't work. And while that's true, I think I think they're not cutting him enough slack, the villain. Um, because, you know, the, at the midpoint he shows up and Drax tries to stop him, Drax, who seems like this unbeatable guy, and, like, Ronan, like, creams him. Like, he's, he's so good. And then he gets yeah. an Infinity Stone, and it's like, well, how are you supposed to stop that? We know how powerful that is. Now he's unstoppable. And they try to stop his ship from reaching the surface. That was like like existential dread. Like the ship is like it's going to happen. And it does. He makes it to the surface. I mean, yeah. albeit it's like a, a plane crashing more than him landing crashing into the surface. But he seems really hard to stop. So I think I think in that respect, give him credit where it's due, you know. Sure. But I think he's also like I mean, at one point, we think the character development of the villain is really lacking, but the uh, I guess the power and the uh, uh, and and the destruction capability of the villain, I, I thought it was very fitting for a Guardians movie because Guardians is just like in in the face of just incredible odds, just like really unfavoring odds. Somehow, Guardians always figure out a way to come on top, which is I I think a theme of throughout the Guardians movies, they always face against some really incredible or really powerful cosmic threat, and they somehow always manage to take them down. In a and very they, co- cr- they come Sorry, out on top ahead. by coming together. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. In, in, like, a very creative manner as well. Like, you know, like, it reminds me of, you know, like, the uh, Star-Lord versus Ego fight. You know, it's like, you don't think, like, this guy who's literally in Cosmic God will be taken down by his hot-blooded son, you know? And, like, this guy who's literally a wielder of the Infinity Stone gets beaten in a dance-off, and, you know, by coming together as a team, Guardians manage to beat him. So I think it's the type of odds that fits Guardians movies, but it's just the villain as a character doesn't work. Like, the the way they set him up, like, as this really powerful guy, that part totally worked. But we just did not believe in the villain's character at all. That's the problem. Yeah. It's your classic underdog story, basically. And I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of blockbusters 
work in that respect. You have the insurmountable like goal, like villain who's undefeatable. So it, I don't, I don't think that's unique to the franchise, um, the Guardians franchise in particular. But um, I, that what Aiden said is the... definitely true. Sorry, Alex. Just, just, just a little bit. Uh, one, one little point here. Maybe it's just uh, the guardians themselves, then, because like, it's like, you, like you said, in a lot of movies we see this sort of incredible odds facing against our heroes. But maybe it's just the heroes are also incompetent. Maybe that's why it works so well in, in Guardians. Uh, sure. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think that kind of speaks to one of our points. I'll just try and roughly segue <laughs> here, but. The Guardians of the Galaxy movies are about found family, and I think this, um, and I think this movie does a great job of exploring that theme without, um, without like over utilizing like therapy terminology. Which is, I was just listening to a podcast where they're talking about how I think like horror is like using that, and but I think it's movies at large really. In the past yeah. couple of years, use therapy terminology as we've kind of like gotten more used to it as a culture, and like it's become more of a thing that people are okay with talking about. And it's, I find it sometimes like so annoying. <laughs> like, no, I, like, I agree. And I, I think what's frustrating about it is that like it just kind of like reduces a lot of these things to like buzzwords, and it, yeah, it, it almost mm-hmm. like is like putting a shield up where it's like we're talking about this important thing so you can't criticize us but it's like you're not you're not doing anything yeah. with that idea like you're not like so like trauma like say a character talking about trauma well if you just vaguely say like well this character has trauma so they do that that doesn't mean anything and that's almost disrespectful exactly. to the concept of trauma to like to write it to write something very superficial about it. And I was, I was just going to say, the movie Smile was kind of an example of that. I don't remember if they used that mm. the terms exactly, but, like, it's a very thinly veiled, like, poorly conceived metaphor for mental health. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it's... It, are you okay. saying that, like, we're they're using the word trauma so they can just sort of use that, like, say, hey, we're talking about trauma to instead explore exactly what the trauma is? Like, what... Yes. How, how is yes. That, how is that? Okay. I'm not it's saying the, this movie is an example of that. I'm saying yeah. that like that's just a trend in other things. The, gotcha. It's the difference between saying we're talking about trauma versus actually talking about yes. trauma, right? Yeah. It's yeah. putting the words up front and saying that's enough as opposed to actually creating a story that explores those themes, which is harder and oftentimes does not even use the words themselves or Mm -hmm. is not even about that on the surface so like this movie i think does a great job that's my point was i think this movie does a great job of that in that the story underneath is that these characters have suffered in their past rocket you know is he sees himself as a monster and i've seen people create analogies with like um childhood abuse like that's kind of like where rocket is coming from he was pulled apart and put back together again um star lord lost his mom and like his his only parental figure at a young age and was raised by a like kind of abusive father and they don't really reckon with yondu in this movie so much as the next one but drax recently suffered the trauma of losing his his um his created family his wife and daughter um and gamora also had an abusive parent Right, so all these characters are like, have had 
most most of the bad childhoods, except for Drax, um, and the, they they have um, because of that they have like jaded views of the world. Um, and now I'm going to refer to a quote I pulled from my own letterboxed review. So I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod, but I did. I was doing a rewatch that I have not finished, and I like really went into the reviews at that point. Like I was making like long reviews for the Marvel movies and I was just reviewing it before this. And I was like, Oh, what I said was kind of like insightful, like a little bit. I don't know. You can be the judge of that, but I will be the judge of that. Yeah. I pulled a a paragraph from my own review. So sure. um, Sure. Lots of hubris here, but uh, I wrote the guardians have managed their loss and grief in various ways. Uh, Peter's always on the run, uh, going from adventure to adventure, sleeping with different women, and looking out for lucrative opportunities. He keeps his trauma bottled, physically represented by the gift from his mom that he refuses to open. Drax turns his grief into rage. Rocket is sarcastic, mean, and violent, and Gamora refuses to let people get close to her. All of the Guardians, except Groot, push people away. Their experiences have taught them to look out only for themselves. Yeah. No, I and I agree, and I think that this movie, like, to just uh, put another thing on our discussion of, like, the therapy buzzword thing, it's, like, it's shorthand for getting the audience to understand what you're talking about instead of, like, diving into it as well. And, like, that's the thing I do really love about this movie is that, like, like I, I really love the present thing. Like, that's great. That's great that it's a present. It's great that... Like it's it's really nice. I mean, I I just love the the Jackson Five song that plays too, and so like I just I love that they end the movie with that as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I I agree with your your paragraph there. I think you're I think you're. I think I was onto something when yeah. I wrote that. Yeah, I don't write good reviews anymore. I just write like one liners. I've turned into you. I yeah, you do yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, it's just because I'm lazy and I don't have time. Yeah. So it's hard to like actually analyze a movie. I think. Um, and I mean, the other thing that I like is that, like, that's kind of where they start, right? So they, their pasts have turned them into kind of like cynical people who are pretty well looking only for the, looking out only for themselves. Um, and it's kind of like that, that road to becoming a family is difficult and it takes certain steps to get there that I, that I think the movie does really well. So like, I like that, um there's like actual infighting because people try to replicate the found family movie all the time. Like it's a very classic type of movie, but I think sometimes what they don't get is like actual infighting. So there's the point getting towards the midpoint on nowhere where these group of people are just like barely tolerating each other. And when they get drunk, they're like fighting and like rockets about to kill Drax because he's, he's really upset. Um, yeah. and, uh, what else did I have? Um, I like that, uh, they just kind of like, this was, okay, I'll, I'll read the other quote I had pulled from my review is the guardians have to come to terms with their traumas and recognize that pushing people away is not the only means of self-preservation. So like they kind of have to realize that, and I, this is paraphrasing from what I remember reading from my own review was that they have to like learn that self-sacrifice is kind of like a way of showing love and like reaching out to people so like Mm -hmm. peter does that for the first time in the midpoint when he saves gamora he's like 
I he's like I felt something like that I wanted to save you because he cares for this person and then later I think one of the best scenes of this movie is Groot saves everybody with a hug. Oh yeah, right? like he, he that's a great inv- yeah. He envelops them in in himself oh, and, and saves them. Sorry to cut you, but one of my favorite shots of the movie is the one of Gamora looking out of Groot as the branches are interwining and yeah. they close off the. That's a great shot. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I'll stop my my lecture. Oh, I, where I, I do. Say I do have a point. So. On that as well, where I agree, I love the arcs. I think it's very well realized. There's a little character turn that I don't buy, though, in the movie. And I just don't, I don't think we've seen. So when Rocket says, like, what do you mean we're going to save them? And then Groot says, I'm Groot. And then he's like, I know they were our only friends. And it's like, (laughs) when? They were, (laughs) like, like, no, they, no, they weren't. Like, um, like to, I just don't think anything has happened in the movie that Rocket would make that turn. I don't. It's not that I don't believe Rocket has it in him to make that turn. I just don't mm. think anything has happened with these characters that specific. Like, say if there was a scene where like, uh, Peter like stood up for Rocket, uh, like, the scene in the prison when Peter sees Rocket like the back and everything. Like, if there was some kind of interaction there where like. Rocket yeah. understood that Peter, like, didn't see him as a monster or something. Like, just something like that. Because, um, like, or even even something as simple change as him not saying that line. Because that line bothers me. Where he says, yeah. I know they're the only friends we have. Like, no, they're not. If, I think, you can convince Rocket in a different way. Where, where without him, with I just don't believe Rocket would see them as friends yeah. at that point. I think, I think it... It makes like it makes perfect sense, and I'm sure you don't disagree that Groot would think that. So it's yeah, really just I agree. Ruck, it's Rocket's reaction to the non-line "I am Groot." Like, what and would I agree he, that what would he actually say? And I agree that Drax would be like, "I fucked." Like he like he just got defeated. He just got slumped, and he realized this is all his fault. <laughs> like I agree. I, like, I I believe that. Okay, I like how you almost said. Oh man, like guys, I fucked up. I know I fucked up. Like that's what you were about to say for tracks, which is just like a modern, like a very modern thing. But um, no, for for Rocket though, I don't know. I think I think yeah, it's it's really like what do you call a friend, you know? Sure. And so I think maybe for Rocket, just the fact that like they've spent a lot of time together at this point, but like, they haven't my spent old, that. Like, I know, but like it's like, been like a day. Or less. True, but it, like think of, like this is like Han Solo and Chewbacca, right? That's the analog, or like the same. Yeah. They're the same character. They don't spend time with other people, and then suddenly they're spending time with people. They're escaping prisons together. So I don't. I I do agree with you, but that's my like kind of like half-assed. This is why. Sure. I I see what you mean for sure. Um, and I don't. I don't think it's a big deal. I, and I. And I also think it's something that could be tweaked really simply. I just. Yeah. It was just, It's a little thing that bothers me every time I see this movie. Fair enough. Um. What else shall we talk about? Um, um. Well, while while we're talking about things that don't work, I have another nitpicky thing, sure, which is sure. that, for me, the comedy in the beginning, they have a constant joke of. Peter references thing from Earth, and it's just like most of the time I was like, "Come on, dude!" Like I think, I think this is a personal taste thing, but particularly when he's getting the orb right at the beginning, 
and he says like get this ninja turtle to stop talking to me or stop touching me like <laughs> yes i could do it though i don't like that kind of line there's also another line where he says like he's referencing the fact that the orb is a MacGuffin, and like that's what the joke is and so he says yeah it's like the maltese falcon and it's Arc like of the covenant he, yeah yeah but i was like he was like eight when he got abducted he does not know about the maltese falcon like what are you okay, talking okay. about my my um what's the word like i'm standing up for it i can't remember what the word for that is my justification i guess is that i i think it's kind of like a funny thing to me that his reference points are limited to a very specific time span so the maltese falcon is an example that, where that, that would fall that would technically fall out of but there's a chance where it has been in the public like lingo so like i could be like well, it's it's a famous MacGuffin. He's a bit young to know that, so yeah. that's kind of of a point. But you know, at the point he was abducted, it had been around for forty years. So there's a chance he. But did you could've... did you know? Like, no. would you have referenced the Maltese Falcon when you? Were... No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I do like like all the stuff about Kevin Bacon. I think is funny. You know, and I agree. He, that's funny. All, yeah. like, that's what he views are his heroes, right? And they do this in the next movie too, but like, <laughs> I, I I kind of like like sometimes pop culture things annoy me, but this works for me for some reason. I I think for me I it's just too much right in the beginning. There's a lot of jokes like this right in the beginning, and I think like to me I guess my problem is it's too on the nose of like get it he's from like the '90s, and so like this is these are the things he'd reference. Like there's just too much of it. Whereas, like, if it was just the Kevin Bacon thing and then he references, like, Indiana Jones, if he references that, too, and then, like, maybe a couple others, it's like, okay. But there's there's a lot of it in the very beginning of the movie. There's a lot, yeah. Um, also, And then it's not of... in the rest of it, which I was yeah. like, in the beginning of the movie, I was like, do I have to put up with this joke for the rest of the movie? And then I was like, oh, no, I don't. Okay. I think also what you're talking about is, like, it's a lot of name-calling, which is the problem we have with the Avatar, James Cameron <laughs> voice. <laughs> Yeah, but like yeah, the, like it's the, not the same. Those two are different. Same. Those are very different beasts. <laughs> like, like we're not getting numb nuts. <laughs> my favorite James it is, the, it is the same category of "Don't touch me, you dickhead, dickwad." But <laughs> they, well, that's category. what they transition to. They they go yeah. from a lot of like Ninja Turtle. Um, there's so many other ones that I like. I agree with it. Oh, it's um. Like shut up, giving tree. Like that's what he calls. Yeah. Her. Oh, I didn't like that one either. I was like, I find that funny. <laughs> that's one. Oh. That one works for me. But it does more transition just into the um, the immature kind of like D hole. Not D hole. Yeah. They never say D hole. A hole. Uh, dick. Like it's it's quite an immature movie, but like it does kind of work for me. Immature humor I just, is. is funny. I think it's a taste thing. I just don't yeah. like that style of writing where characters always be like, "Hop off, turd brain!" <laughs> like turd brain. I just don't like that. Yeah, I like this made up one though. Um, yeah. Anyways, I think I think the rest of it, like like other than that, maybe like I think the humor is very different from what the MCU was before and yeah. has continued to be afterwards. And a lot of people say. They're just trying to recapture the voice of what's his name, Joss Whedon, right from the I don't Avengers think so. movie. Yeah. Well, like, this like it's movie the quippy. Isn't doing that at all. No, 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 no. That's yeah. what I mean. Is that 
why oh, this one okay. works yeah. so well is that it's not doing Joss Whedon. Yeah. It's doing James Gunn. Right. Which, and uh, it's it's character motivated comedy, which is in yes. the Joss Whedon style, every character is like Sound quippy guy who has same. to quip 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 quip. Whereas yeah. like these characters, it's like Gamora would only say certain jokes, like when she's like, "We're just like Kevin Bacon." Like, oh my god, like her she, delivery of the line is yeah. so <laughs> funny to me too. Like, this is not sequitur, but she says it with an accent. I don't know if you noticed, but she says, "We're just like Kevin Bacon," <laughs> and, and I hear the accent every time. I don't know if it's actually there, but it makes me laugh so much. But yeah, and like, so like Rocket wouldn't make the same jokes as Drax, yeah. and like. Yeah, one thing I was surprised about with the comedy is specifically regarding Drax, I was like, okay, I've seen the Drax doesn't understand things joke a million times. Like, am I still going to think this is funny? And lo and behold, the very first time when he's like, nothing goes, nothing would go over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I catch it. I laughed out loud again. And it's like, that's a, it's a funny joke. It's a funny joke and it's great delivery on the joke too. It's it's the writing. Dave Bautista nails it. Yeah. Um. And yeah, no, it really is the timing because it's the the pause between those two ideas. It's nothing would go over my head. My reflexes are too quick. <laughs> like like he's like self amusing. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think I think it's one of those things like people have tried to parry parody it, most notably with that Dungeons and Dragons guy. I don't know his name. Reggae, red reggae. Um, I was trying to think of more examples, and the only one that he came up with was Black Adam. Probably does a bit of that, where he's like, "I oh. don't get your modern references," but I don't know if that's the same. Anyway, yeah, I didn't see it. Um, yeah, no, I think the comedy's great in this movie. What else shall we talk about? Um, I'm just looking at my list. Well, you do have a point about score here, and that was another thing I noticed. Where like, I could not name very many mcu scores for you that like have like a fairly recognizable like theme but there aren't that many where it's like i can picture like it's weirdly enough like some of the score from the winter soldier i can vividly that's what i was thinking yeah i think just because it's the most different like it's It's the distorted screaming (laughs) like you're never gonna forget that yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then like i I remember like the avengers theme and like that's pretty much it but, like, this movie has, like, memorable score that, like, actually feels, like, not just generic action score. It's, like, it's try, try really to, try well. to hum, try to, <coughs> fuck, <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> try to hum a melody from Ant-Man. Like. Oh, I know Ant-Man. Dun, oh, you dun, do? Dun, 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 dun. Da, 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 da. Like it's, I still it's that like the whole time, oh. like like that beat. Um, yeah. Also, there's something with bongos, but but no, I no. That's why I put. I usually I'm not a score guy. I usually mm. don't notice scores, but this movie like I think is scored so well. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy theme is such an iconic theme. Like it's not. It's usually not like regarded the same as the Avengers theme, for example. But I think. Maybe it's even better than the Avengers theme, like maybe. Maybe no, and I do. I actually do love the Avengers theme though. I think it's yeah, the Avengers, the Avengers theme, theme works very well. There's yeah. a reason why they keep bringing it back. It yeah. works, but I think also like the scoring of like the Groot scene with the lights, like either one at the in the third act when he's producing yeah. the lights or the the cocoon thing, like like the score sells so much of that. Um, we're not even talking about the soundtrack, even you know. Yeah. Um, speaking of soundtrack, though, 
This movie had a very famous soundtrack. What a cultural revolution. Oh, yeah. When, that was when huge. the awesome mix came out. Like, 70s. I think all the music was from the 70s for this movie, right? So it was just like yeah, maybe, yeah. 70s nostalgia. Like, that did so much to change my music taste. Like, I have oh, really? I have a playlist now called Easy Listening 70s Soft Rock. Go check it out on Spotify. It's got, like, <laughs> like 21 listeners or, like, people who've liked the playlist. Just throwing that out nice. there. But I don't like I don't think I would have gotten there without these this soundtrack. It was sort of part of my childhood with like Queen and stuff, but this kind of like made it cool, you know? It was a big moment, twenty fourteen. No, this was this is a huge deal. I remember like people were like yeah, like I I was in middle school and like people were starting we to were listen to these songs school. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like middle schoolers were going around listening to like seventies hits. Which is pretty. That's pretty nuts. It takes a lot to do that. Peter, do you yeah. remember middle school? I just, I just think like it's. There's a reason why they started using a lot of the '80s and '70s soundtrack, and it's like one of the biggest reasons because of this movie. Like if we look at a Mario movie, for example, like it's Gosh. targeted towards the kids, and they were able to hum along to Mr. Blue Sky when it played in the theater. So. I think, you know, like, it, it owned, yeah. you know, a lot of these references to the Guardians trilogy. Well, the I trilogy. do think, uh, I do think Mario is referencing, like, more like Shrek. It's very it's, Shrek. It's, it's very <laughs> Shrek. Like, yeah. I agree the Mr. Blue Sky thing in particular, though, feels like. Whereas, when we do Guardians 2, we'll get into a scene with Mr. Blue Sky, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, I felt like Mario was more like the Shrek thing. And that's what I it's, meant when I during that review when I was like, this is stuff from when I was a small child. Like this is the same <laughs> gag. Like yeah. 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 I think maybe the difference is um eighties is kind of more referenced because like like the that was kind of like the hit of like pop songs that were super, super popular. Whereas seventies was kind of like maybe not to the same like top charts level if well, that makes sense it's it's also the joke the joke is that like you're referencing the fact that the song was used as a pop cultural moment like so like yeah. it's like yeah, shrek does this all the time where like in shrek they do like this isn't a song but they do like the matrix kick in shrek and that's what shrek yeah. is like that's like the joke of shrek all the time so like it's it's like if you brought in like eye of the tiger like the joke of that yeah. is it's from like rocky and th- yeah. and that's is that's the right song, right? It's I have the Tigers yes. and Rocky. It's actually but from like, the third movie, though. Oh, really? It's not from the first movie, which is weird for people who did not grow up with Rocky, i.e., the three of us. Yeah, <laughs> but my point is that like when like Mario and Shrek do that, they're actually referencing the fact that it's in movies so much. Like that. Yeah. That's what I feel. Like. Whereas in this movie, it's just like he's he this this is the music he listens to, and so this is what. Separate. And they're like good songs. They're like very carefully curated. They're not on the nose songs. They're just like like songs. I think actually what I remember is James Gunn was like trying to pick the songs carefully and he said pick songs that if people heard in the grocery store they would be like, "Oh, I remember this song, but they don't know the name of it." Like that mm-hmm. was the goal and I think he nails that like perfectly with the exception of Maybe the Jackson 5. Like, that's super iconic. But I think the other ones, 
like they became big because of this movie I know where they had kind of become like forgotten over time yeah. maybe you know um but yeah this movie was a very was a very big moment i remember in middle school dressing up as star lord for halloween one time i did that yeah i tried to get like a bunch of people to be the guardians with me we kind of worked we kind of got a wait, couple people to do wait, that got like halfway oh, there oh, no. which grade was this clearly before you were there so okay okay i, I was like I, was... I don't remember this this could have been Grade, grade six? seven, no. Okay, grade that's six, because grade six would have been before the movie was released. Mm. It was released in 2014, so that would have been grade seven at the earliest, and it released in August, so it would have been really in the cultural, um, whatever for Halloween <laughs> time. Sure, just saying. Yeah. Um, actually, I remember I was... like, I I can vividly remember seeing trailers for this on the TV and. My parents being like, hey, do you want to go see the movie with, like, this talking raccoon and, like, tree guy? Like, oh, it looks really fun. Like, let's go see that. I, I distinctly remember, like, my family, we were all like, uh, I don't know, like, okay, like, I don't know who the, who the hell are the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know, like, why would we care about that? And I distinctly remember that. I saw it for the first time in Thunder Bay visiting uh, extended family. And, like we, like, we all walked to the theater, like, Oh wow, that was a good one. Oh, like like pleasant, like very very pleasantly surprised. Yeah, no, I think that was most people. It was like the the initial reaction is always, "What the heck is this? Who are these guys? Never heard of them." And the comics people being like, "Even I don't know, guys. <laughs> like, I can't even help you this time," you know. And that was yeah. kind of like Marvel's strong suit at the beginning was choosing the ones that nobody had heard of. Because that was making, Iron Man too at first, right? Like, like no yeah. one gave a fuck about Iron Man before they made a movie. People say that he was a D-list character, which for people who did not grow up with comics or who kind of grew up on the movies, it's always a shock to be like, wait, what? Like, are you kidding me? But no, it was like yeah. Hulk, Spider-Man, the X-Men. Those were the big guys. Captain yeah. America was a The ones they first from, tried like, to make movies for. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um... But yeah, anyways, this was a big moment. Um, but this was also peak MCU era. Uh, so some things that I jotted down was like, um, this was kind of like, remember when we had theories about Marvel yeah. movies? I don't know how much you were into the Marvel movies, Aiden, but I know Peter and I were pretty I was I was very into them. I, okay, I was yeah, super so excited. <laughs> like up until, it wasn't until like after Infinity War came out where it really started to peter out. No pun intended, yeah. Peter. <laughs> but um it was like i infinity war i was like unbelievably excited for i used to be and i used to know exactly when each movie was coming out yep uh, and it wasn't until like after that where i was like hmm, what's going on here and even endgame i was really excited for but yeah yeah peter how was peak mcu era for you at this time 2014 i honestly don't remember what what's the what's like the movie right after this one uh age of ultron Age of Ultron. Oh, okay, I do remember seeing that. What's after Age of Ultron? Ant-Man. Ant I did just check. So I do okay. know the next, like, two. But after that, I'm going to forget. There was a time like, when I knew. Is it really order. peak, though? Like, I think the Winter Soldier era was, like, peak for me. I really like so, Winter Soldier. It's like the same era. Well, guess what came out right before Guardians? That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, like, okay. That for, me, for me, 2014 was the best year 
Marvel was probably ever. Like, consistently, like, yeah. two of the, their best movies were 2014. I and I yeah. don't think they've reached that high. Even since. though, I say I think The Winter Soldier doesn't hold up anywhere near as well as Guardians does. No, it doesn't. Really? If you rewatch I agree. it. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, if you rewatch oh, yeah. Winter Actually, Soldier, it's like... I it recently. Because to the drive, the drive of Winter Soldier is like I remember when I first saw it and the scene on the boat and he kicks the guy off the boat. I went like, oh, <laughs> like, oh shit, we're getting like, we're getting like Ooh. he's gonna be like a strong like action guy. We're gonna get like cool action in this movie. And like that was a big draw of it when I first saw it as a kid. Yeah. But if you rewatch uh, it now, it's it's like. But when it comes a little to weak uh, peak under MCU, the hood. though, yeah. peak MCU, I'd say. Uh, Doctor Strange was really close to Infinity War, right? Doctor mm, Strange? Those were two years Doctor Strange is like 2016 or, or a something. little less. Really? Yeah. It was 2016 oh, and then Infinity Doctor War Doctor Strange also being a mid to bad movie. I Yeah, I was going to say, like, that's not really, really a good like movie Doctor to, Strange, to, to prove honest. your case. I would say, okay, here's what I would say. I think if we're looking at it by phase, I think phase three is probably the strongest on average you've got civil war spider-man homecoming guardians Mm -hmm. 2 the two avengers films black panther that's and people people who who like thor ragnarok not for me but when i first saw thor ragnarok i loved it when i first saw it yeah no i love thor as well but this might be a hot take i did not like civil war i thought civil war was a bad movie I, I really like Civil War. And I, I still actually Civil like Civil War. Decently. I think Civil War is quite good. I don't think it's, it's... It's not without flaws, but... Where did I rank that one, actually? I'm Civil sure. War was also the first time they did anything to that, like, scale. Like, the, it, I don't think you guys... Yeah. Do you guys remember how big of a deal the airport scene was? Like when, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, Avengers 2.5. Like, that's, that's what everyone's yeah. saying. Avengers 2.5. Okay, yeah. so, so Civil War I have is my number seven on MCU ranked. So, like... Yeah. It's it, well, okay, whatever. You can you can <laughs> argue, but like, I think like I said, like I was saying, on average, phase three is a stronger phase. The only mm-hmm. bad ones yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. are are Doctor Strange, which was mid to bad, and Captain yeah. Marvel, which was mid to bad. I think those are the I, only ones that I don't. I, I really like Captain like Marvel Doctor more Strange. than Doctor Strange, though. I think Doctor like, Strange visually did so oh, many incredible things, and I, I really forgot like Doctor Strange. I. Uh, I, I strongly disagree. It's doing I, budget inception. It's doing inception I like, light. I like exactly. Doctor Strange. And it's better than half the shit Marvel, Marvel puts out. I like <laughs> Doctor just... Strange. I like Doctor Strange, the character. I think the movie wasted the potential of that character. I, I don't even agree with that. I, don't, I mean, I okay. don't know the comics, but. Yeah. I don't either. So. Yeah. I, I did forget, though, some other Phase 3 films are Ant Man and the Wasp, which I think is bad. I think it's really bad. And there was one other one that I forgot. I'm trying to find it. Uh, is Spider-Man Far Infinity. From Home? No, yes. that's after Infinity War. Yes. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. There was there was two there were two Spider-Mans in the same phase, and that yeah. one I, like I that need one. to revisit. I think it, I had a good time, but I, I don't know if it's great. I some some of my favorite MCU scenes are actually in that movie. The Mysterio CG sequences, I love those. Those are so fun. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, like, I it's a huge downgrade compared to Homecoming. Like, Homecoming was significant. Homecoming is so good. Yeah. Homecoming, Homecom- yeah, yeah. Homecoming is probably I agree too, it's not as good as Homecoming, but... Yeah. Homecoming is probably too high on my list, but right now it's at three. It's under the Guardians. I, I have a very think, big soft spot for all the Spider-Man MCU movies. Like, really? It's just, like, 
I, I have big blinders on for those movies. I like the cast and I like the characters, and I think those movies are fun. And I, I, don't I like genuinely Spider-Man think, too much. like, like for Homecoming at least, like the villain and how everything fit together. Oh yeah. Least, like first time watching it, it yeah. was just like, oh my god. Oh, there's like, there's actually that a really works, like, creative. But, like, you know, the reveal is actually a very creative. Right. Sequence. It's so guys, <laughs> we're getting into a different <laughs> movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're getting yeah. really sidetracked. Yeah. Um, Anyways, but yeah, this was getting up to that zone, right? Like, right. so phase phase two, this was the heart of phase two. And while phase two is not the strongest phase, it's got some pretty bad films in there. Thor The Dark World, one of the worst. Uh, yep. Age of Ultron wasn't very good, um, which is bad when your Avengers movie is bad. Yeah. Iron Man 3 is hit or miss depending on the person. I, I kind of like so. Iron Man 3, yeah. But I think, I think as like a culture it was a really big point for it was before it was like as mainstream as infinity war was where like all the mainstream uh news outlets were like like oh what's gonna happen what does this mean right like it wasn't quite there yet i think right and there was still that element of like this is a niche thing i'm a nerd about it and the fan i don't think i don't think it was very niche i think everyone went out and saw these everyone went out and saw these movies at these at this point but I do think that like no one gave a fuck about like Thanos at this point. Like no one like yeah no one no one was like oh that's okay so it's in the Infinity Stone and they're gonna like Black people guy. were just like oh okay yeah. But I like I distinctly remember like everyone was going to see these movies like yeah. when when they were coming out. I have a question. I mean for you hey guys. seven hundred million dollars. That's true. We were some of those dollars. I have a question yeah. for you guys. What was the first MCU film that you saw in theaters? It would have been Iron Man or whichever whichever one comes first, Iron Man or Hulk. I, I've seen I think almost all of them in theaters. Really, Ooh, that that's is. interesting. Okay, Peter, that is no. tough. I'm I have to look up a list first. Okay, I do it know might which be one Winter. It, is. it might be Winter Soldier for me. Really, I think I'm gonna give the same answer. Actually, uh, let me just check. Really, what? Short by I that's know. actually crazy to me. I no, know. I was seeing um, it from the beginning. No, because that's the thing. I didn't. Um, I remember that my my family had Iron Man, like we owned it, and so that's yeah. how I watched that for the first time. Um, that is not the. Oh, I see what it did. Release date. Yeah, oh, I, I, just, I distinctly Soldier. remember. I it's distinctly remember either, seeing Iron Man with my family. It's either Winter Soldier or Iron Man Three. Iron Man Three released really Iron early Man. on. Iron Man Three was 2013. Yeah, twenty thirteen. They pumped out three Iron Man films they in did. Like five years. Yeah. It was their it was their lead guy, so they did two really quickly. Um, yeah. But no, for me it was Winter Soldier. I remember uh, it was. That's crazy. I think it was like a birthday related thing. I don't know. Like it wasn't my birthday, but um, I just remember that like like downloading on iTunes Thor: The Dark World to catch up. I was like, oh, I gotta catch up because I <laughs> I had no 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 because it was like like I had seen. I remember I saw Avengers for the first time at a sleepover or something and everyone else had fallen asleep and I was like captivated and I was like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> what is this magnificent thing? That's so crazy. This been, I know, right? So this would have everyone, been it, Everyone around me in my life was like, like seeing these movies like from the yeah, get-go right. from like the very yeah. like Avengers itself was like a, like a hype thing. I remember everyone in school talked about Avengers and... That's crazy. You guys are insane. 
No, I remember. I remember seeing Avengers right after it released, not in theaters. Um, and how old would I be at the time? When did it release? Twenty thirteen. Twelve. No, twenty twelve. So I was like ten years old, and I was like, "Yo, this movie is so boring." That I skipped to Act Three. That loved Act Three, but I just couldn't sit myself down and watch how they assemble the team together in Act One. I just remember that. Being so boring. I've heard that criticism movie a lot, and I've rewatched it since, and I disagree with it. I actually think that that dude, it might just be you know like ten year old. You can't like short attention span type thing. Anyways, we're getting into another different movie. We should do this for every movie. It seems in the Marvel (laughs) universe because we have takes. Um, But I think we need to get to our uh, our question, Aiden. We have a question. We sure do to ask. So the podcast is called Predator vs. Movies, in case you haven't noticed. And we've done the movie part, so now we have to get into the Predator. We ask the question, would this movie be better? Be better? (laughs) 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 Call it best moment of the year. (laughs) Predator vs. Movies moment of the year right here. Dude, this is is the the podcast 2.0. It's Predator vs. Movies. Would the movie be better? That's like that's like the kind of joke that a certain prof of yours that I wasn't in the class of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, too bad Peter's not here to witness this. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't know. But uh, anyway, we have a segment. We ask the question, would the movie be better if the Predator from the movie Predator was in it? Uh, and I think, no, this movie would not be better if Predator no, was in it. Although, great. if he was like in the collector's thing, he could oh, be there. yeah. Yeah, this is an easy one. You're right. Yeah. He would he would fit in there really nicely. I'm I'm glad we didn't get into the the Easter eggs of it all because this movie is like packed to the brim with Easter yeah. eggs, and I'm I'm at the point where like I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, I don't I'm care at all. So over it over Easter eggs now. I'm like, yeah. okay, cool, yeah, sure, whatever. But that used to be a big thing, being yeah. like, oh, who's the case? Who's that? Yeah. Oh, it looks like a shadow. That shadow looks kind of like. Glup shitto, but like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you know. It, it is crazy. Marvel has been able to kind of avoid like glup shitto allegations, which is, you know, that's something. It's impressive. I don't know how they did that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, next week for the listeners, we're going to probably do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 uh, as we will still be taking a little break, see? But uh, this will be in anticipation of us reviewing Guardians 3. Um, so yep. if you like us, check us out on Instagram at Predator V Movies. Uh, we're also on Twitter with the same handle. People have been following us. We have quite a few followers on Instagram. I've noticed. Nice. Yeah, I think more than our Twitter, which is sad because that's the one. That's I like. normal. That's normal. Oh, okay, you're. Um, that is a good point, actually. You uh, generally you have like... more Instagram followers than Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Follow us on Twitter, though. Yeah, follow Do us on guys. Twitter. Uh, if you like uh, my thoughts on movies, check me out at underscore Alex Gordon underscore. Uh, I leave reviews sometimes. Uh, you can also look at my letterbox, which is 810sunny. That's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. My name is Wombo. I also leave reviews sometimes. Peter, do you, have, um, do you want to plug anything today? Yo, guys, I want to plug my uh, MySpace account. It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't have anything to plug. Uh, what is, what is uh, MySpace? <laughs> See, well, you know what that I'm means, kidding, Peter. I'm had kidding. nothing to plug, which means that you guys are all contractually obligated to leave a review on whatever streaming platform you listen to us on. 
That's right, leave a star review, better be five. Leave a like, comment and subscribe. You know how it is. Um, Share it to anyways. your friends. Put it on your Snapchat story. Venmo request it. Tell uh, your friends. If you still talk to people, tell your friends. Let them know verbally with your mouth. True. Move your teeth and uh, tongue and lips and form words with your larynx or whatever is in there and tell them whatever to listen is to this in podcast. There. <laughs> I don't know. I'm yeah. not that's not something I know. So <laughs> do that. The film guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's this uh, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know a science. I just know point and shoot. <laughs> <laughs> we need to wrap this up anyways uh until next time this has gone off the rails uh until next time i'm alex i'm peter i made it and this was predator versus movies i forgot the name of our own thing uh, pew, 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 predator pew, versus pew. movies pew, 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 pew.